Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Sport Limerick Soccer Podcast. We're joined by Jason and Noel O'Connor again this evening. A huge week for 3D United senior men's side, uh, first and foremost, Jason. They host Cork City and what will be the club's final uh, Munster Derby of the season. It's it's going to be a huge occasion at the Markets Field. Two victories for 3D already against Cork, which is worrying because you'll be saying it's the third time lucky for Cork City. But it's going to be also, compared to the two victories that 3D had earlier in the season, it's going to be a totally different proposition, we imagine, this Friday night, a totally different Cork side. Yeah, for sure, Adrian. You know, we mentioned, I suppose, a couple of weeks back about bogey teams and, and things like that. You know, we were saying, I think it was Kevin Teeley was a bogey team for Treaty. And I think the shoe is on the other foot now a little bit at the moment that, that Treaty could be a little bit of a bogey team for Cork because... You rightly said two positive results, two victories, a 2-1 and a 3-2 in the two games so far for Treaty. But let's be honest, Adrian, the, the game in Turner's Cross in particular, we were both watching it. How they got out of there with a win that night was, was beyond me. I thought Cork were nailed on. They had them pinned in for, for long periods of the game and two penalties and then a mistake by Mac, Mac, McNulty, I suppose, gifted Treaty the three points, you know, and... It was something Noel said a couple of weeks ago about Cork. Would they down tools now that would they be out of the the playoff race, if you like, and, and will they down tools? Personally, I don't think so. Full-time outfit. I think they left earn their wages, I suppose, really. And and they look forward to, to coming to the markets field. Brilliant pitch, as we know. Wide open spaces. There's going to be a huge crowd there, by all accounts. Speaking with Darren Nolan today, he said there's... There's very few tickets left and, and the Blue Army will be there in force and, and they'll love a Munster Derby. So they'll bring the atmosphere, Adrian, you know, but it's a massive, massive game. It really is. And and look, people are saying Treaty are nailed on for the playoffs. I don't think it's done yet. I think they're going to need another victory at least to secure that spot. And on paper, Adrian, it's not the game, I suppose, this weekend where they can get it. I'll be doubtful if they can get to three points from Cork again, we mentioned Barry Coffey a couple of weeks ago, the Nina native, scintillating form since since signing on loan with Cork City from Celtic. Six appearances, three goals, two assists. Like for a young player, that's a massive, massive return. And, and he's a very, very talented young player. He really is, you know. And you look at their lineup, you know, Dylan McGlade, Keen Coleman, O'Brien Whitmarsh, the list goes on. They, they have quality players, Adrian, you know, but look, it's a fantastic league. It's a fantastic season for Treaty. So, be a brave man to back against them, but I'm feeling brave. I agree with you, Jason. I'm, I'm hoping for the same outcome as yourself, but the Cork turnaround, Noel, that has, has come in the last few months, it's probably a, in the last couple of months, per se, it's probably a turnaround that you know, everyone was either fearing in the league or expecting in the league, uh, whatever way you want to look at it, uh, for long periods. I know that when we were talking to Tommy Barrett, he always mentioned that, you know, you're almost waiting for Cork being a full-time outfit that for the quality to show. They brought in Barry Coffey, like Jason said, and he's had a huge uh, impact uh, from that. I mean, they've, they haven't lost, outside of losing Shelburne in the league, they hadn't lost in a while. They've pushed St. Pat's all the way in the cup. Um, you know, so they, they are in great form coming into this one, despite losing out against the champions elect in the last game. They are, and um, I did feel that they would struggle initially in the first division. You know, we spoke about the fact that they seem to be in denial about get, uh, getting relegated. 
Um, they didn't adapt, if you like, to the kind of football you have to play in the first division to get your way out of it. Um, we saw them in, in the first game in the Marcus Field and, you know, there was a lot of sideways passing and possession-based play. Um, and they were even continuing to do this while, you know, while they were goal down. I think they got a bit more pragmatic as the season went on. And, like, they have added, they have added players and certainly players have come into form as well. So... I would definitely agree with Jason. I think they're going to be a real handful. Um, I suppose just to clarify, I just feel that they would be a more dangerous animal if they had beaten Shelburne in comparison to losing with Shelburne. And they probably will have a little bit more doubt about making the playoffs now. I think they, they would have been a team with massive momentum coming to the Marcus Field if, if they'd won that game and, and they didn't. And I just think it will just maybe give the Treaty a, a, a little bit more of a chance but, uh, you know, in terms of treating, you know, can get their noses in front in the game, I'm just wondering how how well for Cork would be in comparison to the, if, if they had beaten Shelburne. And they're just little nuances in, in, in the league that you kind of learn as as, as you go. But um, certainly a handful, a real attack and threat. Um, you still have to say that Mark McNulty, while a fine uh, keeper, he, he is prone to not error. And... Um, it's very, very hard to call that game, in fairness. Very, very hard to call it. Yeah, it certainly is the case. And we wouldn't mind Mark McNulty making another clanger in this one if that was possible at all. But you mentioned him already, uh, Jason. I suppose just to go into it a tiny more in depth, you mentioned Barry Coffey, who would be well known to maybe a lot of even our viewers because he hasn't played in the Limerick District League even when he was only 16 uh, playing for Nina. Uh, he's made a huge impact, as you already said, in midfield uh, for Cork. Another player as well you mentioned is a player who the Mercurial, Dylan McGlade, who, you know, has people have mixed reviews about McGlade over the years. He can be absolutely brilliant one day and not so good the next, but he has been pretty consistent in the last few weeks in an attacking sense for Cork and could pose a, a, a big threat to the 3 defence. Most definitely, Adrian, and I think that should be in Tommy's mind when when he looks at his team selection, you know, you'd expect Charlie Fleming to be to be right back. And I would like to see a little bit of cover in front of him, maybe Ed McCarthy, you know, um, that can... That can double up on McGlade. We've seen that earlier in the season. You know, Matt Keane maybe as well. Either one of them on that side, I think, will be needed because fantastic talent in McGlade. The question marks over him, I suppose, would be the end product. You know, what comes out of his dribbles, but he's excellent on the ball. He On his night, he's as good as what's in the league. He can cause massive, massive problems. He really can. Um, I suppose then, he'll be looking Mark Ludden, obviously, suspended. Um, personally, I'd put Clyde O'Connell back, left-back. I think it's natural. He's left-sided. Um, he's a defensive-minded player. Um, and look, if I'm honest, and, and I've probably been a little bit critical of Clyde over, over the season, um, but look, deservedly so, I suppose. You know, really, I've pinpointed, I've been detailed about what I feel he needs to change in his game. I don't think he's, he's suited to the middle of the park. We saw again against Galway, just straight line running for back towards Tyg, back towards his his back four, looking for possession. And and I think it was Mark Ludden actually in that Galway game kind of shooed him out of that area and said, look, we're not going to be playing balls in there. And he's coming with a closed body shape, which is disappointing at this level because it only allows him the opportunity to play backwards and, and maybe sideways. So I don't think he's he's suited to the middle. He doesn't move the ball quick enough in there for me either. 
don't get me wrong, he was very, very effective against Galway due to his physical presence and he is a big physical boy. Do you think um, that he should be playing maybe facing the, the ball more so than with his back to it, Jason? Yeah, well, when he's in that defensive midfield role or, or when there's other people in it, Adrian, and he's in another area of the midfield tree, he tends to keep dropping into that area. He did a Ted McCarthy in a couple of occasions, taking his space, you know, and, and he's coming back looking for that tight, just straight facing tight. So he's no option then just to take it and, and for the sake of it, go backwards and, and sideways. I think he could do a really, really good job at left back, Adrian. I think he could, you know, he could get forward like Ludden does. He's good quality on the ball, I will give him that. He could have a good delivery. And he's a physical, defensive-minded player, so I'd expect him to go in at left-back and double up on McGlade on, on the other side. Um, and look, Jack Lynch has been out of sorts for me, Adrian, for a number of weeks. He really has, you know, he hasn't been himself with wonder playing so many games, playing so many different positions, hasn't taken a toll on Jack. The rest probably last week due to the cup game, badly needed for him, but we need a, an improved performance from Jack in the middle. Um, and then will it be Callum? That's in there in the sixth role. These are the dilemmas for Tommy, but they're not going to see a whole lot of possession, I don't think, against Cork. And, and they're going to have to be defensive-minded. Um, and a draw would be a fantastic result for him. Yeah, I suppose twofold uh, question for yourself and all on team selection, and Jason has touched on it. Mark Ludden's uh, absence will be felt uh, regardless because he's been ever present this year and has had a huge influence on the team uh, in in a role as, as almost a, with a vice captain role, but he's been very vocal on the pitch and, and has been very consistent, to be fair, for the majority. Uh, do you think, like Jason, do you agree with Jason that Tyler Connell will probably slot in at left back? And I suppose. We know Jack, regardless of form, will, will be playing in the game. Uh, do you think it'll be either Ed McCarthy or Callum McNamara in, in next to him? Because that seems to be the big dilemma now going into that game. Yeah, well, I suppose I do think that Clyde will be left full. I thought he he did quite well there for the last, um, whatever it was, 12 or 14 minutes, minutes yeah. in the, um, against Galway. I thought he, um, he did quite well. Um, and I'd agree with Jason. I thought he did improve against Collingwood in the second half, more so that he was passing the ball maybe forward, but maybe o only five or ten yards. I think at times he tries to to overhit or play kind of 40, 50 yard passes, which you know kind of reduce the the percentage chance of them hitting their target. But um, I do think that they're going to have their their work cut out at the back, even if Mark Ludden was playing. I think Cork would be very strong in the flanks, and um, it's probably not a great game for Mark Ludden to miss. Um, and, you know, from a from a treaty point of view, um, because of Cork's strengths on, on the flank, and I'm sure that, that they'll be well aware that Mark Ludden is out. Um, Charlie Fleming has had some difficult um, outings already against Dylan McGlade in both matches. Even though you know treaty still won the game, you couldn't you couldn't say, but he had a, a tough enough ninety minutes on both occasions. I think this one. Uh, Will be no difference. Um, if if he thinks about playing Matt Keane on the right as as a kind of a shield for Charlie Fleming, um, I suppose I'd still be inclined to go with Callum McNamara. I think any time he's played in that defensive midfield role, he's been really really good. And uh, I'm a bit surprised he's been out of the team the last few weeks. There may be some reason for it, but he, he still has made the bench. And uh, he, you know, if they're worried about him playing too many games, he certainly has got a good rest the last three or four weeks. And he's certainly a guy that 
I would be starting. Um, it's true about Jack. I think he's just a bit out of sorts. Um, he seems to be kind of wandering too far up the pitch or his starting position is too high. Um, makes Treaty look very open then when they lose possession and maybe, you know, what he needs to do is maybe just sit in a little bit forward of uh, who's ever playing number six and just time his runs. I was talking about early in the season how good he was to time his runs forward. He might only make five or six really good forward runs, but they can be very, very important. And if he starts up high, he's, he's unlikely to do that. So maybe a recalibration for him, you know, just to start a little bit deeper, particularly against um, a dangerous cock side. Yeah, it's certainly the case. We've discussed those two the dilemmas, Jason. Obviously, in those positions, you'd expect, obviously, your usuals, your Ty Grimes, your Sean McSweeney's, your Anto O'Donnell's will be playing. We're not sure about fitness of any of those players yet, but we assume, uh, without hearing that news, that they they will be playing. There's one other position, I suppose, that I when I've been talking to people, it's, you know, I'm, I'm involved with Carberry United, so there's an affiliation there to Joel Custrain, Um from our time there, he's come up through the, the Carberry United ranks, and, and he's fallen out of favour, I suppose, in, in recent weeks, Jason. Um, do you think that maybe he should be pushing Stephen Christopher a bit harder for a starting spot uh, in general? Yeah, I do, Adrian, and, and I think it's one or the other for me. Um, Tommy has shown great faith in Stephen Christopher since he brought him in. I suppose what was in Tommy's mind was he wasn't fit. He hadn't played a lot of games. And he wanted to get him up to fitness, so maybe that was the reason that he left him on in a lot of games when, when he wasn't been effective, I suppose. And and I think that's the issue with Joel. You know, he is he consistent enough, Adrian? Does he chip in enough with with goals and assists and, and they're the questions that, that you have to ask and he's been out injured quite a bit. He's had a hamstring problem during the year but look, it's one or the other. It's it's Joel or Stephen Christopher on one side and then obviously you need your Matt Keynes or your Ed McCarthy's on the other side to give you that balance, you know, but would I be happy with Joel over the season, Adrian? A little bit disappointed, I think. I expected a little bit more from him as I said, in goals and assists and, and he hasn't really done it consistently over the season, you know. So I'll go back to this one or the other on that flank for me. Yeah, but we'll certainly be interested to see uh, what way it goes uh, Friday evening. No, there is expected, as Jason mentioned earlier on, to be a big crowd. Uh, you would expect that obviously it's going to be capped off uh, attendance-wise, but there's also an, an away allocation, excuse me, uh, for the game as well, so you'd be hoping for a bit of an atmosphere. The problem we've had, as we've discussed on this show in the past as well, is when big games come along and there's a bit of an expectation on on treaty, you know, to get a win. Because if you get a win, you're, you know, I know Jason is still very uh, cautious about it, but you'd imagine that you couldn't throw it away in that space of time if they can get a win. But we, you know, this is a chance to put it right in terms of you know Limerick teams choking on, on the big stage in the past. A chance to to get it right on Friday night. Yeah, it's another opportunity for them, and you're right, and we said it, you know, there seemed to be a bit of a dip in form, even against, you know, opposition, not of the calibre of Cork City, and this is certainly uh, a big challenge, there'll be a lot of new faces there, I'm sure, you know, a big a big blue army presence, you know, can bring its own pressures, you know, if things aren't going well, and um, I suppose you just have to say that a lot of these guys aren't, aren't used to playing in front of the crowds like this, and there can be a bit more pressure at home than away in front of a crowd. Um, but they're going to have to l learn to go through it. And it, it may not work out on Friday night, but all all you can do is to go to the next one. And, uh, you know, 
the more experience you have with it, you hopefully that the better that the players are able to cope with it. Yeah, certainly. Um, there's a lot of variables, Jason, for Friday night. Obviously, we're, we wonder whether Atlone will get the win against Wexford, which we are expecting, and Treaty will be working on that basis that Atlone will get a win uh, against Wexford. And then you have, obviously, will Treaty get the win and, and what way that will go? But you'd imagine, obviously, if they take a nine-point advantage with four games to go, including one of them against that loan, that they'd probably get over the line if they can grab a win against Cork. Uh, the one question I'd ask you is, it's been, it'll be a long season by the time it's finished. Um, you know, the, the squad has, has overachieved if they make the playoffs, uh, especially considering the, the verdicts that everyone had given at the start of the season. The, the one question, I suppose, I'd, I'd be sceptical myself, but, you know, would this team be able, with the marathon that comes after that in the playoffs, to actually, you know, win three whole games and, and get promoted to the Premier, I suppose? Uh, look, I suppose, Adrian, you look at who the the possible opponents are from the Premier Division, and it's looking like Waterford or, or Dundalk, and both are in FEI Cup semi-finals, so... Their seasons are, are very much alive and, and they're both very, very strong squads compared to Treaty. We saw when Dundalk came in the Cup, the gap in, I suppose, quality was missing on the day, but it changed the minute McElhinney came on the pitch. You know, we're seeing more from, from Patrick Hoogan and people like that over the last couple of weeks for Dundalk. Do I think Treaty can win the playoffs? I hate to put a dampener, a dampener on it. I wouldn't like to see him going up, Adrian. That's my own, that's my own personal opinion. You know, I look at the squad that's there now. Would that squad compete in, in the Premier Division? And we have to be honest. That's why we come on the show, is to give an honest opinion. And, and I don't think they could compete in, in the Premier Division. I really don't. So for me, I'd agree with you. They've overachieved hugely. Tommy deserves massive, massive credit. There's no doubt in that. The players deserve huge credit. Ideally, you want to get a, to a playoff final, possibly, and, and maybe lose out because you don't want to go up and rip up this, this young squad and have to start again and have to start to bring in players. So to answer your question, I don't think they can get over the line, Adrian, in a, in a playoff situation. But wouldn't it be fantastic to be there? Yeah, I certainly agree. It would be the impossible task, but you know, it would be great just to be involved, I suppose, for supporters after such a, a long time uh, you know, out of the game and, and a year out of the league as well. Uh, for, for Limerick senior soccer fans. I suppose, Noel, as well, uh, part of it would depend on even how the draw goes, because I know that you do get home advantage in the, the semi-final, should we call it, stage of the, the first division round. You know, maybe if you get a home draw, it might change things. But also, as, as Jason said, things can go south very quickly if you get promoted too quickly also. Yeah, and I suppose... From what we've said about already about their reaction to big crowds, maybe they're better off in the way it's wrong. And big crowds everybody. Yeah, we're going to face complete underdogs and knowing that they're going to have to, to dog it out and they've done that. You know, we saw what they did above in above in Talca Park, you know, to get out with a draw and then you know, and, and they look dead and buried. So often you're better off playing at home or, or playing away because the pressure's completely off. There's nothing, there's no expectation, all the expect expectations on the home team. So that can be reversed. But I suppose, you know, we'll have to wait and see, like, if they do get to the playoffs, you know, all, all you're doing is looking, to, you know, to win that game and get to the final. And sure, look, if, if they do get to the final, then anything, anything can happen. But, there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of games to be played at that stage. And I'm sure at, at this moment, they'll be happy to get that, 
three points, whether it comes this week or the following week, and make sure that they are in that playoff position. I, I'm, I'm sure they'll be happy with, with fourth or fifth as well, and maybe going away from home isn't, isn't the worst thing in the world for them. Yeah, fingers crossed. It can just be, be in with a show, as we said. Uh, J- uh, Jason, this brings us on to our, our usual prediction uh, style here. We'll go for, for uh, their other four games in the first division. And I suppose to start off with yourself, I, I mentioned it to you about Athlone and Wexford. Uh, you know, with so much riding on it for Athlone, uh, Paul Doolan only recently still in the door, uh, you'd probably expect a home win here. You would, Adrian. It's a very, very important game for Athlone. We know that. Their season is still alive. If I'm Paul Doolin, I'm thinking, yeah, we can do it. There's five points between them and Bray. There's nine points between them and Treaty. And this weekend will will narrow them gaps either way, I think, Adrian, because while Wexford have improved, there's no there's absolutely no doubt about that. Their performances have improved. And suddenly they're getting a couple of results. You know, they have two wins in their last five games, which is big for them. We know they're at the bottom of the table. But they're definitely going the right way since their managerial change. At low won't have it easy, Adrian, but with so much at stake, and, and I've said it a few times, I think at low have, have a fantastic squad. I do. I think they have a really, really good squad, and, and they've underachieved. Um, and I think they'll be good enough to, to get to three points against Wexford. And in the game at Stradbrook, Noel, uh, you have Kevin Teeley and, and Shelburne. If results go Shelburne's way, they can actually be promoted on Friday night. Uh, they'll be itching to get back to the Premier Division, considering how badly it went from the last time, and, and it certainly wasn't in their plan to get relegated again straight away. But I know you predicted Shelburne to win the league. Uh, makes me look a really silly man now. I didn't expect them to even win the top two. Uh, but uh, yeah, so, you know, will you be expecting with, the, with again, the Mount Royden on it for Shelburne that they'll come away from Stradbrook with the win? Yeah, I do. I think the result in Cork was massive for them. Um, the one reason why I really fancied them because I thought there was just so many goals in the team. They seemed to have goals everywhere. They had, you know, three or four very, very good strikers. They had players in midfield who can score goals, and there's guys at the back who could who could create and score goals as well. And that's the way it 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 has gone. I think the win the win in Cork has kind of taken any kind of lingering pressure off them really. And I think they'll go to Stradbrook, you know, full of beans. And I think that they'll be more than good enough to pick up the three points there. Yeah, and then that moves us on to Cove and Bray, Jason. Cove, obviously, we've went into great detail about, you know, how disappointing their season has been as a whole, you know, especially because we bigged up their home farm as well so much and their home farm hasn't been very good uh, either this season. Bray go there, you know, knowing the importance again for Bray, you know, they, they'll see Athlone behind them and, and see that Athlone have Wexford uh, in, in their, or have Wexford in the next game too. And they'll know the result before that. So, you know, there'll be pressure on Bray on, on Saturday as well, you'd imagine, unless that loan don't win the game against Wexford. Well, everybody in that, I suppose, top six, when you mentioned Shelburne's opportunity to get promoted and, and we look all the way down, I suppose, and if you want to include Cork City in seventh position, they turn treaty over. They might have a, a, a glimmer of hope, but you're quite right about Bray, Adrian, you know. Look, they're... They're four points behind Treaty, but they're only three points, or they're five points ahead of Athlone, and, mm. and they can't afford to slip up. They can't, because look, if Athlone win, that gap is just blown away. And that's that dangerous position, that fifth position, is the one no one wants to be in, really, Galway, Treaty, Bray, because you really are looking over your shoulder. Um, but Cove have been very disappointing for me, Adrian. 
over the whole season. They really have. You know, I tipped them to possibly be in the playoffs based on on last year's performance. You know, but that hasn't come to fruition. We've watched them numerous times, especially against Treaty, but against other sides as well. And and they are look victims of of the modern day coach. I think really with this sidewards and backwards kind of approach and and no penetration whatsoever in the final third. You know, so I can't see Cove getting results. I think Bray will will get the win. And and again, you see, this is why I'm saying that the treaty game is, is so, so important. If Bray pick up three points and treaty don't, that narrows that gap to one point, Adrian, between treaty and Bray. And then it really is squeaky bum time. Yeah, to quote Alex Ferguson. Yeah, they, just as Jason was mentioning all about the, the modern day coach and the, the backwards and, and sideways style, it brings me to the Galway and UCD game. I suppose there'll be a contrast in styles, but what I was going to say was there'll be no hope of that with Galway anyway, that there'll be a, a backwards and, and sideways, you'd imagine. Um, it's it's a game that both sides will, will be desperate to win because both these sides, you know, probably now you know that Shelburne are, are almost certainly going to be the champions. Uh, but both of those teams, you'd imagine, will be definitely thinking they were the best of the rest. Like, yeah, and you think that UCD have more than a chance of winning that game. You know, their form has been really good and they're scoring goals. And we saw, like, in the treaty game, you know, the lack of penetration, the lack of goals in in that Galway team. And I just feel that I'd be kind of leaning towards a UCD win. You know, I said that they were kind of a streaky team that, you know, when they're on... When they're on a run, they're really hard to stop. We saw them winning four or five or six games in a row, and then all of a sudden they they go another four or five games without getting any result. And now they're back on that kind of form. They're scoring two or three goals in every game, and uh, there's a bit of momentum with them. And uh, I think there's a bit of pressure in Galway now as well. Um, I think they'll be disappointed, say that they haven't kicked on a little bit more. They've kind of stuttered a lot this year, you know. We were talking about Cork getting going and they certainly got going and we were waiting for Galloway to go as well. But they did get going, but they kind of stuttered every three or four games as well. So I suppose if I had to stick my head out, I'd probably go for a, a UCD win there. Yeah, and that'll wrap up our predictions for the Artrice League First Division. But Jason, I suppose you're, you're not off the hook yet. I won't be asking you for predictions as such, but we're going to move on to two Munster uh, junior fixtures that I've... Uh, picked out and, and I promise this wasn't done on purpose but two of them involved two of your former clubs from the last few years uh, in Jamesborough and Crew Park I know Jamesborough face Ashing and Akadi, uh, which would be probably the, the most eye-catching uh, eye excuse me uh, games and then you have Crew Park who it's been uh, well uh, talked about that you have you know Albert Sattery gone back in there who was a coach when they won the league a few years ago and now of course Jonathan Grant Adam Frattle uh, have signed back there as well. It would be two high-profile names for a Premier A side, and they face Nina. So those two games are probably the two most eye-catching in the Munster Junior Cup. Yeah, most certainly, Adrian. You can include Ashgana Cotty as a former club as well. I'm sure if you speak to Joe Pond and, and Ken O'Connor out there, they'll verify that. Sorry? It's just Nina we're missing out for full help. Yeah, they're temporary, so we steer clear of them. <laughs> Cody, the lads will, will tell you I put together a very, very good young side for, for Mike Ahern out there, and, and he reaped the rewards, and the club reaped the awards, so I have a very, very good relationship with Ashley and Cody also. Um, I think they'll obviously have too much for Jamesborough. Um, Jamesborough are really struggling at the moment. 
I heard last night that, that David Hannon is, is the latest one to, to leave the club. And, and it's very disappointing, Adrian, for me. I put together again a very young side for them last year. And we were competitive in, in, in nearly all the games, I think, really, to, to be honest about it. And, and they were left in good health. And, and it's disappointing that, that that team seems to be, to be breaking up. And they have a very, very big game on Thursday night against Geraldines in the Tuohy Cup. Again, not for results or, or winning trophies point of view, but if you look at Geraldine's position in the table, you look at James's position in the table, um, psychologically, Geraldine's have beaten them once already. If they do it again, it'll leave James in a very, very vulnerable position and, and that will have an impact again in the game on Sunday with Ashing Anakati, who added Tony Whitehead, as we know, to, to an already very, very experienced squad. Um, very expensive to to assemble for for Shayna Handling, um, and they'll certainly be too strong for James. But I don't think there's there's an upset on the cards there. You mentioned Crew Park, and and that's an interesting one. Um, they didn't have players a couple of years ago, and and they were kept in football. That's what they were, and they were stable in in Premier A. They've gone back, I suppose, to to old ways. Um, when you see Albert Slattery there and, and you see Jonathan Grant coming and you see Adam Fratter coming, um, it's great to see the club on the up again. It really, really is. But they'll have a difficult encounter with Nina. Nina have made a, a steady enough start to the season. Five games, two wins and a draw. They'll be very, very happy with that. And, and they're very organised out there, Adrian. I'll give them that. So, Carew, will they have enough to turn them over? The fitness of Jonathan Grant is, is questionable. But Carew were always dogged. Albert will have him organised. And that'll be an interesting one. That could go to, to all the way, Adrian. I don't think there'll be a whole point in that game. 